Thanks, Graham, for the welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. How are you all? And I've attached the sermon to a children's talk this morning. Um, and so I'll share that with you now if I could. My text for the children was uh, all about numbers. We're all interested in numbers, aren't we? Well, this was a text from the, the psalm, which we're now about to read in a minute. Uh, psalm 90. And it says, as long as I've not got that upside down, it says, Lord, teach us to number our Days, a right to text says that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So, if you've got a Bible with you and care to turn to uh, Psalm 90, and we'll read the whole Psalm. It's a terrific Psalm. Psalm 90. <clears throat> Lord, you have been our dwelling place. Throughout all generations, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death, they are like the new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you and secret, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath and we finish our years with a moan. The length of our days is seventy years or eighty if we have the strength, yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger, for your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be known to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is the word of the Lord. I said, I said it here before and I'll say it again. I hope you're a Bible Christian rather than a New Testament Christian. It's nice to be a New Testament Christian, but it's not the whole story. To be a Bible Christian um, is what the Lord really wants for us because he's given us the whole Bible. And being just a New Testament Christian, it's a bit like breathing with only one lung. Um, God gave us two lungs in our body and he gave us two testaments, uh, two covenants in the one book, the Bible. The, old, the new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. What is latent in the Old Testament becomes patent in the New Testament. The great Protestant reformer Martin Luther said... <coughs> The Old Testament is the cradle in which the Christ child is laid. And the other great Protestant reformer, John Calvin, 
Uh, he said, the, the book of Psalms is an anatomy of the soul. Now, if you look up your dictionary, um, anatomy is the study of the human body by dissection into its component parts. And I think what Calvin meant was, there isn't anything in the whole range of our response to God and life that isn't reflected somewhere in the Psalms. If you're exuberant with joy and praise and delight, you'll find plenty of psalms to mirror that feeling. Or if you're down in the depths, de profundis, like uh, the psalmist in Psalm 130, out of the depths have I cried to you, O my God. Um, You find that reflected too. So it's an anatomy of the soul. And so also there isn't a New Testament equivalent of the book of Psalms. So some wisdom in the free kirks emphasis on the book of Psalms throughout their church history and um, so the Psalms are important and here's a wonderful Psalm teach us to number our days aright that we may have that we may gain a heart of wisdom and three simple calls here first of all you find here the most eminent teacher. The most eminent teacher. See, this, is, this verse is really a prayer, isn't it? Teach us. Who are you talking to? You're talking to God in prayer. Teach us. You're asking the Lord to teach us to number our days aright. And uh, the Lord Jesus called disciples to follow him and learn that wonderful lesson. They heard his call. They shared his life. They learned his ways. They knew his mind. And they were with him for about approximately three years of his public ministry. He had these 12 people. He was a traveling rabbi. And they were his teacher. Um, he was their teacher. The word rabbi, of course... A rab means great one, you know, if you're called rab in Glasgow, <laughs> eh, great one. And if you want to say my great one in Hebrew, you put an E ending on it, rabbi, rabbi, my great one. And I think just a few times in the New Testament, you get rabboni, you know that eh, Mary eh, addresses the Lord in the garden as rabboni. Rabboni means my dear one, my precious one, Rabboni. Um, that's the, the, the Lord's name. And this is the most, he is the most eminent teacher. And he's very happy to listen to our prayers. Teach us. Teach us. That's a prayer. It's a prayer of dependence on God for instruction. And all around us, there are folk running all over the place. To everything and everyone else but God. We were in the Savoy. We go to very illustrious places for our cup of tea, you know. But you have very good squad in there, and in the Savoy, and there on the shelf as we're coming out was a whole pile of Buddhist statues you could have, you know, and put up in your house. I, don't, I really, people are running all over the place. And the Lord Jesus said, "I am the way." And the truth of the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's no other name given under heaven amongst men <clears throat> whereby we can be saved but the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to come right alongside us. And not only to be our Savior, which is the most important thing, 
we heard this test uh, the the testimony this morning of somebody who, who felt the the cleansing of God in their life. Um, but he's not he becomes not only a saviour who died on the cross for our sin and gave his life and shed his blood and offered himself without spot to God and bore our sins in his own body to the tree. But he also becomes our teacher. He's the most eminent teacher. And he said he wouldn't leave us orphan, or is the Greek word. In John chapters 14 and 16, he promised the Holy Spirit, didn't he? He said, I'll send you another comforter. There are two words for other in the Greek New Testament. Um, one means another distinct from, in contrast to. And the second word means another the same as. So other, one distinct from, and other, the same as. And it was the, the, the second of these that Jesus used. He used the word alos, he didn't use heteros, he used alos. I'll send you an alos comforter. And he used a special word, sometimes we just transliterate it, paraclete. paraclete. The paraclete means they called alongside one. My, my favourite translation of it isn't in any of the versions, as you might guess. <laughs> the supporter. The called alongside one. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said he shall lead you into all truth. And we've got the Holy Spirit. Living the Christian life is an impossibility without the Holy Spirit. We need him every day. He's not a thing. He's not an, it. He's not an entity. Um, he's not abstract, he's personal he's the third person in the Trinity the neglected person of the Trinity we need the Holy Spirit's guidance every day and so here's the first thing about a text I have no notes or anything this morning for this but um, here's the most eminent teacher the Lord Jesus Christ and the most important subject the most eminent teacher and the most important subject. What's the most important subject? To number our days aright. To number our days aright. You know, there's a lot of stupid folk about. Sometimes we can be stupid, but sometimes other folk can be stupid, you know. I was working as, at Christmas when I was a student. I worked in the post office at Christmas. That was a scream. You get so many unwise people. And sometimes we're unwise too. And the best, the most important subject to be wise about is our life before God. Only one life, we used to say, will soon be passed. And um, all my colleagues have dropped like flies. I was down in Hyde taking a funeral service for a pal of mine. Uh, just a few weeks ago, and when I came back, another man, another, well, he was a, he wasn't a boy now, he was 78, okay, he was one of my contemporaries, and, he, and, he, and Jimmy had died as well as Jordy, two of my best pals, gone, just like that, and all the time you hear about prostate cancer, and bad backs, and rheumatis, rheumatoid arthritis, and all the problems that we all have, we're in a bad way, and the older you get, the faster the time goes. Let me warn you, younger people. Uh, absolutely true. Um, and we need wisdom. 
You need wisdom. Teach us to number our days aright. That's what the psalmist's prayer is. Teach us to number our days aright. Isn't that wonderful? You see an old man, Huey Jones. Ah, Huey Jones. He used to sit on a bench, the same bench every day in the Botanical Gardens, near down by his roadway. And he used to give out tracts and speak to people about the Lord all the time. That's how he spent his last days. He couldn't travel about much, but he could get a bus to Botanic Gardens and witness to the goodness of God and the grace of Christ all day long in the summer. He was a witness to Christ in his last days. He wanted, he had a son of missionary in India and a son of Church of Scotland minister and Bishop Riggs. And um, he witnessed all the time in the Botanic Gardens because his days were short, he felt, you know. I wrote the life of a man called Jock Troop and I said to his daughter, I said, what was all the urgency? He ran about like a blue-tailed fly. Um, he was awful, awfully busy all the time. And she said, well, honestly, George, he had this feeling that the Lord Jesus might come back any day and it was his job in the interim period to work for God to the nth degree and try and influence people to come to trust in Christ. You know, the greatest thing you can do is trust in Christ for salvation and come to this most eminent teacher and then study this most important subject. How are you going to spend your days? Because the Lord Jesus Christ can be with you through all these days. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. It tells us in the letter to the Hebrews... <coughs> And then the third thing is the most impressive result. Ask the Father, trust God the Son, and rely utterly on the Holy Spirit of God, and you'll gain a heart of wisdom. There's a big difference between wisdom and intelligence. Intelligence, intellectual cleverness, and godly wisdom. I was reading in, if I can get the verse, it's, it's in 1 Corinthians, I think, the other day. 1 Corinthians, uh, there's a terrific verse there, and it says, uh, if I can find it. Ah, at the end of chapter 1, verse 30, so that no one can boast before him, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. Right? And then he goes on to subdivide it and define wisdom. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Isn't that great? Christ, if you have Christ in the vessel, you can smile at the storm. Who wrote that? Well, that was uh, John Newton, the man that wrote Amazing Grey. Another verse of a hymn that he wrote, he wrote stacks of hymns when he was rector of Olney in Buckinghamshire, instead of a servant of slaves as he was before Jesus saved him, by his amazing grace. Here's a verse, if I can remember it. His love in time past forbids me to think 
He'll leave me at last in trouble to sink. Isn't that good, eh? His loving time past forbids me to think. He'll leave me at last in trouble to sink. The greatest person we need today, and we need him so much, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, when we're in Christ, he has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. So isn't that a great text? Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God bless you. Thank you.